I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, been a little bit since we've had a podcast time. Our bad about that time. Uh, but there's been plenty of other news out there in the world time. Hope everybody out there is safe time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday, oh, let's call it late afternoon early evening, somewhere right around that time. Not just me on that podcast, though, uh, from uh, Parts Unknown uh, that we obviously never disclose. Uh, we've got the one and only Patrick Brown, our good friend, good co-worker, good colleague, the main Tennessee football beat writer for us at Go Vols 24-7. Pat, buddy, what's up? Not much. Uh, my my location is going to change here this month, though. I know it'll be to a different We're moving. It'll be from one undisclosed location to another. Correct. But uh, everything going all right with that? Everything good that you can uh, that you can discuss? I see you've got. Yes. I can tell the move has started. I can see we're on Zoom here. Uh, I can see that there's some there's bare. The background, there's yeah. there's bare walls behind you there, so I can see some of that's going on. But uh, you know, it's funny. We've been at this house for oh, a couple years now, and. Uh, Still some bare walls on this house, so <laughs> you're, I think you're a little more orderly. I bet you'll probably get your office put together quicker. I'm just guessing. Probably. Of course, we didn't have the uh, the great accident of whatever year it was. Um, oh, the great the great flood? Yes. Uh, uh, in other news, I also, I also cut my hair uh, with six guard, so yeah, the, I have uh, like long flowing just, locks. They're gone now. So just, just six all the way straight atop? I, oh, yeah. I used to do uh, a three guard for beard and hair, just everything at the same time, just a three guard. My mom called it the Clooney uh, back in the day. Um, but now during the quarantine, I know a lot of us have done quarantine cuts. My um, my wife cut my hair and actually for someone who had never done it, did a pretty awesome job. Um, probably could blend the sides a little better, but I don't want to be beggars. Can't be choosers there. I think she did a really nice job. And uh, I guess I should say happy belated uh, anniversary to her. Uh, and me, I guess, I suppose that would be this week too. So y'all might not see me as much on the site Tuesday for that reason, but there has been uh, a lot of stuff going on, uh, in the world and, uh, we will, uh, probably not discuss some of it. Um, but, uh, obviously everything going down, uh, with the, uh, the protesters throughout the country, there's some things going on, Tennessee football, uh, with Jeremy Pruitt included, also went in there and had a um, had a protest, uh, had a had a speech that they gave there downtown Knoxville. Uh, I guess we don't need to get too much into that, but I don't want to ignore it. Let's not put our heads in the sand. It did happen. Something's been going on across our country. 
Tennessee football, uh, including its head coach, supporting uh, the players there, uh, coming out with a statement. So the, there's been some solidarity there within the program, uh, which I suppose is a very important thing. Uh, in other news, before we get to what we're going to discuss here, uh, there was a uh, an incident uh, that we've not discussed too much so far, but uh, it did happen. We reported at the time uh, the Buff Hamster himself, uh, Tennessee senior running back, uh, Tim Jordan was uh, arrested uh, at home uh, around Florida just a little bit ago. He had a um, the charges were related to uh, some marijuana that was in the car and a uh, a weapon uh, that he had on his person. So anytime you combine marijuana or any kind of a drug with a gun, authorities tend to take that pretty seriously. So, Pat, I, I guess what w- what is what does that mean so far as we can tell? And, and you know, what, what, both in terms of just for Jordan and maybe for Tennessee's running back room? Well, uh, Tennessee actually hasn't come out and, and addressed it at all. Um, so Jordan's status with the program is still up in the air. He's not suspended. We don't know if he's going to get dismissed. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt has not addressed that situation publicly yet. Um, and as of recording of this podcast, don't know if Jordan is was among the group of players that's back on campus. So um, I suppose he is part of the program until it is said otherwise and is not suspended until it is said otherwise. Um, but certainly not the, uh, the best timing on his part, given that Tennessee is in a little bit of a numbers crunch. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's as bad yeah. as uh, maybe some of the other numbers. I, I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be too difficult for Tennessee to get to 85 uh, by the start of practice here in a couple months. Um, but if you're Tim Jordan, you have made, you, you basically have given the coaching staff a reason if they want to crunch a number and you be that number, they've, you know, you've kind of given them a reason. So uh, that said, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, I did hear from somebody over the weekend that said that he would be okay, would not be dismissed, but uh, I guess anything is still on the table given that Tennessee has yet to, uh, officially address Jordan's status publicly since his arrest. Yeah, I think it's it's important to note here that that Jeremy Pruitt, so far as I can tell since he's been there, has pretty much treated every situation as its own thing. Every you know treat everybody uh, fairly, uh, but not everybody necessarily gets treated the same. But I do think there has been some level of consistency with the punishments that he's doled out. You you look at uh, someone who. Um, I guess you the first thing you would look at would be Kenny George, a guy who did not have, uh, as far as we could tell, any major incidents before he had a, a pretty rough one during last year's spring break. Uh, he uh, was suspended indefinitely, spent some time away from the team, uh, had a checklist of things to do, did those things, came back, and so far as we can tell, has not had any had he major issue since he's been back on the team. He started a few games last year. He's back. So uh, he was able to work his way back. You'd look at the situation with Jeremy Banks, which is very much ongoing. And Pat, you mentioned the the numbers crunch, you know, one of the reasons for the numbers crunch is that there's a chance Jeremy Banks gets put back on this roster and, and you got to get to 85 scholarships. So, uh, I don't know how they're going to work that out. My guess would be that even though they've not announced it, I would imagine that there's some sort of a suspension for Tim Jordan, uh, whether it's just indefinitely while they're sorting things out or or what it is. Uh, I don't know if that will impact workouts or what. Uh, It's hard for me to imagine that there will be no punishment for that uh, because uh, there are some places in this country where uh, where – marijuana is legal uh that part of florida is not one of those areas so that was and, and the gun issue is probably yeah, a bigger and problem that's, and that's that's fact. what i was saying yeah i mean you're, you're it's legal to have a gun if you have it registered if you go through the process 
Uh, and I don't want to, certainly not making a Second Amendment debate here. I'm just saying that regard, he was charged for it. So it's not like uh, everything was A-OK there with the, um, I guess, with the the, the, the the concealed carries and those kind of things. So uh, he's doing things that aren't necessarily, you could say they're not necessarily immoral, but they're, they're illegal, uh, allegedly, where he was. So there is something there. Uh, that's going to have to be addressed. We don't know exactly what that's going to be. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt's done a pretty good job in the past of not passing judgment. He has waited until facts came to light. He has let people serve their penance, and they've come back, and there have mostly been success stories in that regard so far. So we will see what happens there. But in terms of pure numbers, what that does to Tennessee, we know that Ty Chandler and Eric Gray are back with the team. We know that those guys, if they're healthy, are going to be a big part of things. We know that there are uh, some, some freshmen that are coming into the program that are running backs. Uh, we know that uh, Carlin Fields Ami is back uh, for his senior season after redshirting last year, so he's another number uh, that they can throw out there, a guy who's quick, can do some things. So, I, you know, they're adding a couple of bigger Wham-style backs to this class with a guy like Laneith Whitehead, uh, who we thought might be a linebacker, but he wants to be a running back. So it's not like they don't have numbers there, but Jordan's a guy that you just – you'd like to have him in the mix. You'd like to have him there as an option. Yeah. I think some people are saying, you know, as they tend to do when these things happen is, is, you know, see ya. We're not going to miss you. I, and I don't agree with that. I, I think, uh, I think Tim Jordan has value for Tennessee, uh, for Tennessee's offense. Um, if you take Tim Jordan out of that equation, you're getting down to, uh, you may need one of those freshmen to uh, play a bigger role. Cause uh, yeah, Eric Gray and Ty Chandler might do most of the work, get most of the workload out of, out of Tennessee's backfield, but you, know, you still need three, four running backs to get through a season. Jay Graham knows that. Um, he, he's been a running backs coach for a long time. He, he knows that you need a lot of guys there. Uh, his last season at Texas A&M, they had a really bad rash of injuries at, at running backs, so he knows you got to get uh, three, four, and five uh, guys ready. So, um, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. And, and, and just because Tennessee is not common doesn't mean that, that there's not punishment going on um, necessarily. But um, I do think that, you know, normally when a player gets arrested, it, Tennessee immediately comes out and says suspended for investigating more or whatever. Uh, and they didn't even have uh, anything to my knowledge. So I did find um, that we'll, interesting for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to see. Um, we'll just have to see how that, that plays out. And uh, as I mentioned before, I think um, I don't know that anything is necessarily off the table at this point until. Pruitt or somebody come out and comes out and says something publicly about the situation. Certainly an interesting, um, it's interesting to not have a statement uh, now. And, and for all I know, if we asked a second time now, we would get one, but before there was no statement and that's not normally what you see in situations like this. You normally see what Pat said, a pretty blanket statement. You normally see a pretty, pretty blanket kind of, you know, hey, we're, we're acknowledging the situation. We're aware of it. Uh, we will sit down uh, with Tim and the parties involved, and we will, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're monitoring the situation, and he's suspended indefinitely, and then we're going to look into this. That's kind of normally the thing that you see. You at least the, see them say that they have acknowledged it. Uh, they've not done that in this case. I don't know what that means exactly, but we will see going forward. Uh, but we've got a couple of those things out of the way, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills, listen to some uh, products, services, all those kinds of things. We're going to come back and we're going to have what I think we would all agree is a more pleasant 
conversation. We got that other stuff out of the way, guys. We got the we we, we got the get that nasty taste out of the mouth. We're going to come back. We're going to discuss some some good news, which is that Tennessee's players, uh, including the sophomores, the juniors, the seniors, the veterans, and a lot of newcomers are on campus. And they're on campus much, much sooner than a lot of people thought they would be. So that is some good news on that front. And we're going to discuss that right when we get back. But before that, we're going to get to uh, some some bills to pay. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from Parts Unknown as per usual. And I want us to do a couple uh, quick things here before we get to this news, guys. As we've grown this podcast, uh, we found lots of different ways to get it out there. Uh, we've put it on pretty much every uh, podcast streaming service that's available. We do it for free, and we are really happy to do it. Uh, we have, it's no skin off our back. We enjoy doing this. We enjoy bringing this news to you. But there's one thing you can do above anything else that will help us continue to grow this podcast. Go in, rate the podcast, and write a review. Uh, I know it's a pain. I don't like doing those things either, but I'm telling you guys, it's pretty pretty easy to do, and uh, I I think it's a pretty reasonable thing we're asking for here. Go in there, give us a rating. Hopefully, for our benefit, it would be five stars, but if it's not, uh, give it the rating that you think it deserves and, and write some things in there. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you think we could do better, and let's move this thing forward. It's amazing how many people are listening to this podcast now. Uh, considering that I we didn't really have a ton of ratings and reviews on there. So I can see the numbers. I know you're listening. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, but I'm asking you, please, go in there and rate and review it. won't take much time. It'll help us, uh, and it'll help you in the long run because it'll keep bringing in uh, better equipment, better all kinds of things, and a much better, even better future for this podcast. Pat, uh, back when uh, you know the world was normal, what do you think, about three, four months ago, uh, back before everything started falling apart, uh, the normal plan would be that Tennessee uh, would finish its spring semester. Tennessee would have mini-term. 
and then the freshmen would start enrolling on campus like they normally do, and everything would be just as it normally is. Obviously, Mother Nature had some something else in mind. Uh, there was a worldwide uh, COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. More than 100,000 Americans uh, have died. It's, it's been a really, really rough thing. Uh, it's been awful. It's still ongoing. Still got to be careful. Please wear your masks. Please do what you're supposed to do. We're in this together. But that changed a lot of things. Uh, you had towns essentially shut down. You had schools shut down. People had to finish their high school senior seasons uh, online. Uh, people had to go to their college classes online, commencement services online, church services online, uh, food takeout only. Lots and lots of things have been different in our world. But here's some really good news, Pat. Tennessee's players arrived back on campus, most of them, this past weekend or within the past week. And that is only two weeks later than when they were normally scheduled to come back to campus for those freshmen. So if they, these freshmen, with everything that's been going on, access to trainers, all these other things that have not been good, they are back on campus. They are on campus to start their careers, I should say, just two weeks behind schedule. And it's not ideal, but I got to tell you, that's better than it could have been. Yeah, and uh, to even build upon that, um, something that just came right before we started recording is is our Brandon Marcello used to be on our Auburn side is yeah. reported now that the NCAA is set to sort of approve a modified sort of preseason schedule running into what could be a, an on-time start to the season. So uh, that's more good news if, if you were, um, you know, and have been hoping out, holding out hope this whole time that, that, Tennessee, that Tennessee and the rest of uh, college football will be starting a season on time. Um, we'll, we'll get to those details a little more later, uh, I imagine. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good news. And I know there was uh, pretty much all, all the guys that I've talked to, I know as, us as a staff, we've talked to just about every one of the uh, summer enrollees. But um, all the guys I talked to were like, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, you didn't know when you were going to go. You know, Martavius French told me that a lot of people, everybody seemed to have a different opinion about, you guys will go back in June, it'll be July, it'll be August, all these things. Um, and for a lot of them, it was a challenge. I mean, they, you know, the, the three Whitehaven guys, they, they couldn't work out in their gym um, at school, so they had to get a little creative. Um, other guys had to do the same. So uh, then you have a guy like Tyler Barron, who was here in town in Knoxville, and he, he was hooking up with, with Trey Smith and the Mays brothers and a handful of other guys and going and working out at yeah. uh, D1 over in Hardin Valley. So um, yeah, a lot of these incoming guys, just like a lot of the rest of the players too, you know, kind of had to make the most of it and, and, and get ready. And, uh, I'm sure that was the message from Jeremy Pruitt and, and the coaching staff to a lot of those guys on the zoom meetings and phone calls was, uh, just, just be, you know, get ready to be ready. You know, that, that was sort of the message to a lot of the players is, you know, you, you can only do so much if you don't have access to a gym, you can only do so much if you're out outside running. Uh, all these things um, and just try to be ready as, as ready as you can for when the team does come back. And uh, the team has sort of trickled in over the last few days and, and started workouts on Monday. So um, yeah, it, it was a challenge for them. And I know, I know Jeremy Pruden's coaching staff, they were uh, really excited to get their team back on campus. Cause remember they haven't, you know, they had seen those guys in almost three months and yep. uh, for as much time as, as these guys, as players spend together and as much time as players and the coaches spend time with each other, uh, that had to be sort of that had to sort of take an adjustment for for both sides to kind of get used to to not being around the people that you spend 
80, 90% of your time around when you're uh, on campus under quote unquote normal circumstances. Yeah, there, there were, uh, we split the guys up as a staff trying to make sure that, like we do every year, trying to make sure that we get all the signees uh, kind of one last interview before they enroll. Uh, I think we got just about all of them. James Robinson was a guy on my list, and he had some uh, something come up, and he wasn't able to do it. Uh, a friend of his passed away, and it was a very sad deal. So he he was kind of being quiet for a while, but everything with him uh, individually is okay. He just uh, had some other things on his mind. But the guys that I got in touch with, I, I think the biggest news uh, was that Laneith Whitehead, you talk about some impacts from the coronavirus and the quarantines and everything. Uh, for about a month or so, he couldn't get in to get more of, of the therapy done on his surgically repaired foot. So very, one really tangible outcome from that is he hoped to be 100% healthy by about now, and now he says he's probably about 70 75% healthy. Now, that's not totally unusual. I, I don't know all the uh, specifics of his injury, but I do know that he was told that injury, sometimes you can be back to 100% in 12 months sometimes it can be more like seven or eight months everyone's a little different he thought he was right on schedule to maybe be a seven or eight month deal uh, and then he had to take kind of a month off of some of the rehab stuff and he thinks that that might may have held him back uh, he was able to thankfully he was able to after three or four weeks he was able to finally go back in and do that they opened up the clinic just for a few people and he was one of them that they opened it for down there in Athens Georgia so he was able to get some work done uh, and get everything going in that way but uh, he says that that you know you, you take back some of that time you, you don't know how things would have been different so he's showing up uh, wanted to be 100 percent. he's not quite that but he's ready to go work out and he's had the boot off for several months and He's going through the rehab uh, process and everything. And, and you know, Pat, we talked about this earlier. With Tim Jordan's status up in the air, uh, Whitehead is a guy who, hey, 6'2", 230, if they can get him back going again and they can get him healthy, that might be a guy who could help him in some situations. Yeah, and, you know, I think we all looked at this class, this 2019 class that came in a year ago and, and thought that, uh, there were a lot of guys that you could easily point to and say he's probably going to play early. He's probably going to play early, and it, yeah. and, it and it panned out that way. Um, it was you know I think they ended up with eight or nine of those freshmen uh, or newcomers if you want to throw in the junior college guys uh, ended up starting for Tennessee last season. And uh, you look at this class and uh, for a lot of these guys, I'm like, yeah, they're going to be really good players, but they they might have a hard time getting on the field sooner. And I thought it was interesting that last week Jeremy Pruitt kind of kind of, I don't want to say he scoffed at the notion, um, but, but he, he didn't think that, that uh, this freshman class would be too far behind. He expected the newcomers to um, to hit the ground running and adjust pretty quickly. And, and, and it's going to be a weird adjustment for him. I mean, you look at a guy like Tyler Barron who lives in town. Yeah, um, He's going to be driving to campus to go to workouts and then probably going back home to take classes because it's still online. I mean, these guys are still going to be taking online classes, even though they are on campus. You know, uh, I think Tennessee's online classes are through the rest of the summer. Um, and they, they've said, I think, of, I think it's August 17th uh, is the date that they're going to start classes again in the fall. You know, we, I don't know if we need to get into that, but it could be sort of a hybrid situation. They've adjusted some things around, uh, which probably bodes well for there being football on campus this season. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's an adjustment. And, and obviously, you know, Tennessee's having to structure workouts in a different way. They're not doing, um, you know, they're not, it's not like the whole team is going to be working out. Uh, together. It's going to be smaller yeah. groups, 10 to 20 players. Uh, they're going to, I'm sure, have, have them stagger. They're going to, uh, do certain things, um, you know, with masks and uh, social distance, you know, keep guys spread out in the weight room. 
uh, something that I think they might be doing. I heard this from Keyshawn Lawrence, but he made it sound like they're going to have two guys to a, a room instead of four. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of keep guys a little bit spread out a little bit more. That's true. Uh, Chancellor Donnie Plowman said last week too, that when students come in in the fall, they're going to have reduced uh, capacity in the dorms as well. So that makes me think that uh, they're trying to keep guys a little bit spread out and maybe not have as, you know, big group of guys together all the time. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, and go back to what Pruitt said about, you know, this freshman class being ready to go. He said that, you know, he, he really thought that Tennessee's coaches, you know, once they can get sort of more in-person activity uh, and more coaching, you know, because for the next few weeks, it's just going to be sort of quote unquote voluntary workouts with the strength staff. Um, he, he thinks that the, that the way Tennessee's coaches present information and teach it and coach it will help those guys not fall behind. And he also thinks that uh, over these next few weeks, that as these new guys get in and adjust to this program, uh, Tennessee's got a solid core of, of older guys, of veteran guys um, that are going to uh, kind of show these these newcomers how things are done at Tennessee and, and kind of building off what that senior class last season did and sort of showing uh, everybody what the expectation, what Pruitt and the staff is is expecting of these guys. So um, I, I think I thought that was an interesting comment that he made about this freshman class. And, and I think this is a really talented class, but um, how many of these guys are, are are beating out older players to get starting spots. We'll have to wait and see that, you know, that's why they have practices and competition. And, and if you're Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff uh, with these new guys coming in, a lot of them look, look the part uh, you're, you're going to be, it's going to be hard for you not to be excited about how much competition you're going to have for playing time and, and for starting spots. Once you uh, finally get to roll the ball out there and, and start practice. Yeah. One of the, one of the most enjoyable conversations I had was with uh, Reginald Perry, who, who was not one of the higher-rated guys in, in Tennessee's class, the, the big defensive lineman uh, from down there in Fairfield, Alabama. Uh, but but he, is, uh, he is a large, large mammal. You're talking about a six-foot-seven, 300-something-pound kid who uh, is a, was the state 5A player of the year in basketball in the state of Alabama last year, averaged like 18 and 8, uh, and, and really wanted to be a basketball player at first until he got offered a football scholarship uh, while he was standing on the sidelines watching his teammates play as a sophomore uh, at spring practice. Wasn't even on the team yet. He was just standing there watching his buddies. And uh, Austin P came up and was like, a coach was like, hey, uh, here's an offer. <laughs> He's like, I don't play, bro. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, but, but in the past couple years, uh, that kid's learned, okay, I'm going to get better offers for football, so I'm still going to play basketball, but I, I love I like football too. I'm going to go see if I can get some, some bigger offers doing this. And he's a guy who he said he wants to play early, and I told him, that sounds good, kid, but you know there's like seven senior defensive linemen on the team, right? And he goes, man, I don't care. I'm going to go out there and try to beat him. I'm a dog. I want to eat. And that is an absolutely perfect thing to say. This is one of the guys in the class who was, was one of the lower-rated guys in their signing class, but a guy who with, with a ton of upside uh, and a guy who's going in there with the attitude of, hey, Coach Pruitt said the best players are going to play, and if I can be one of the best players as a freshman, that means I'm going to play. So that's the mentality that you have to have, and these guys being on campus now just two weeks behind schedule – probably gives them a much better chance to do that. That gives them a better chance to get their bodies in, in the right shape uh, and, and get their meetings done and, and, and kind of get themselves mentally and physically ready to have a better chance to hit the ground running in camp, I imagine. Yeah, a couple guys I talked to mentioned that. It, it was kind of, you know, we always talk to these guys around this time of the year, or at least, you know, kind of the latter half of May. And um, they a lot of them are always saying, oh, yeah, I want to come in and start. I want to, yeah. you know, I want to come back to the world on fire. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, you know, typical kind of freshman bravado, you know, yeah. ignorance is bliss. You don't really know what you're stepping into. So you assume it's just going to be like high school. Like, what's, um, the, what's the Mike Tyson quote? Everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. 
<laughs> just something like that. Yeah. But you know, it was a, it was a freshman here guy like, you know, Martavius French was like, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to be a starter yet. I just want to come in and play a little bit, get bigger, learn the system, get comfortable. And then I want to get better and better throughout uh, my career. It was a little refreshing to hear that. Now uh, I know Ryan talked to Malachi Weidman who apparently was uh, had like the, the very typical wide receiver attitude, like throw me the ball. I'll catch it. I'm going to make a bunch of highlight plays, that just, kind of stuff. Just throw me the damn ball, yeah. Yeah, pretty much like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play a lot because I do, and then he lists like eight things that he does very well. Pretty much anything you need a wide receiver to do, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that really well. So, he's a good athlete. Um, yeah, and so, but, you know, uh, you, you like that from this class. You you want this class to have – you want your incoming guys to have some confidence um, and to have sort of a uh, – I don't want to say a chip on their shoulder, but just an edge. Um, it, it, but you also want them to come in ready to work. And I, I, I did get the sense from talking to – uh, the six players that I talked to that uh, there's full buying. And I know that, you know, I know it's easy for these guys before they get here. It's still sort of the honeymoon phase between when they sign and when they get there, you know, I think they'll quickly learn that they're not, you know, not recruits anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so um, it, it's a class that I think is, is, a t- is I think they're a tight knit bunch and I think they have big aspirations both individually and also uh, for themselves, you know, it's Mary McDonald mentioned to me that he thought Tennessee could, uh, when you know, be chasing a natty in, in the time in his career. And I'm sure a lot of these guys have also been excited to see what this 2021 classes look like. Um, they pay attention to that. They notice that. In some cases, those guys probably have relationships with some of the guys that are committed for next year's class. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's always refreshing to sort of hear some of these guys talk. And, um, you know, we haven't talked to players in so long that getting to talk to some guys that are incoming and about to join the program was uh, just on, on a personal level for me, just a nice little refreshing change of pace from having to, uh, not have you know not getting to cover practice and, and be around the program for the last three months or so. Yeah, the uh, I, I enjoyed speaking with Danico Slaughter too. Uh, he, he um, in addition to having one of the maybe the best names that you'll ever hear in football history, uh, is also a guy whose senior film. If you've not gone back and watched it, I highly recommend going to his profile page on Twenty Four Seven Sports. Watch. There's his, a lot of guys in this class who have really fun highlight films. Yeah, to watch. Slaughter's just was one of the five or so to me that just completely jumped off the screen. That guy is a big play machine, and he had a really interesting quote because he was. It, it started. It was kind of a slow burn, and before he got to his point, because uh, he basically said, "Listen, uh, I'm just going to be a nickel at first, probably. Uh, I might move to safety later in my career, but first they want me to play nickel, so I can maybe learn that and master that. I want to learn everything I can about nickel. Uh, maybe whittling it down will help me play a little bit more early in my career, and then I want to become a safety, maybe, and then I want to do everything, and then I want to be one of the bur- one of the best to ever do it." Like it was, it was a slow, <laughs> Zero bur- real quick. it was a slow burn. And then you got, it was like, Whoa, okay. 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 Be the next Ronnie lot. You go do that. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you'll be Ed Reed, but you know, it, it's, I liked his quote and he talked about trying to get into the playoff as soon as possible. I mean, these guys have big aspirations and I will mention before we mention one other thing, get out of here. Uh, I almost wanted to, I had a really good, like 15, 16 minute conversation with Will Albright, the long snapper from up in Greenville and uh, I, I thought about making that a podcast and calling it Snappers Have Feelings Too. But uh, this kid was actually a really good player uh, in high school, did all kinds of things. He's like six foot one or six foot 230, good athlete, got a bunch of tackles, was a wide receiver. Uh, he's a guy who, who can do some things. Um, you know, he's a good athlete. And, uh, but, but he was, you know, talking about how I asked him, you know, hey, the senior was the long snapper last season, so you probably feel like you got a pretty good chance to come in and play, right? He goes, 
well, I only got on scholarships. That's a pretty good start. Um, but he, he said that Jeremy Pruitt came to him and said, listen, you're going to be the only guy on scholarship. That doesn't mean I'm just giving you this position. we got a couple walk-ons coming in. They're going to challenge you. we got a kid already in the program who's pretty good. You're going to have to go earn this. And, and uh, he had a really good mindset about that. He said, I, I, I want to go earn it. I, I want to be a guy who, you know, nobody wants you to just, I don't want to just give me anything. I want to earn it. He also had a really great, great quote that he is going to uh, – one of his best friend in the class is a guy he met up uh, with at the U.S. Army All-American game uh, was Omari Thomas. Uh, and they became friends that week, and they roomed together And since they were both going to Tennessee. And so now they're going to be roommates also this year as freshmen. And uh, he said that uh, another Memphis kid um, who I uh, make sure to get it right, right one, yeah, Jabari Small is going to be their roommate too or like in their pod eventually. And so Will said that it's going to be Omari – Jabari and they're going to call him Will Ari. So I had a, I had a good time with that when he said, I mean, he goes, I mean, we got like everybody's name rhymes that we're all good. Um, but that's funny. Cause you hear long snapper, big lineman, they ended up hitting it off really well and they're going to be roommates at Tennessee. So uh, a lot of fun stories in that class as always. Long, long snappers are people too, but punters are cooler people than long snappers. That's true. I'm partial to punters. It's probably good that I didn't get Will then. Uh, it's not something you said about Slaughter that, that uh, kind of echoes what when I talked to Keyshawn Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence was ranked, what, as like the number five or six safety in the class. Yep. Composite. Uh, he's going to play cornerback to start off with. Um, and, and the reason he the reason he said it uh, is because it's an easier position to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, t- Tennessee thinks that eventually Lawrence can play anywhere in the secondary. Um, and it was interesting that he he told me that Jeremy Pruitt once said, said that Lawrence reminded him of Mark Barron. Aaron's like a linebacker now in the NFL. So I don't know if I buy that. I don't see Keyshawn Lawrence, who's about 2'6, 195, growing into a linebacker necessarily. But that might be um, something nice you say to him while you're recruiting him, but I don't know if he's going to get that big physically. Yeah. Uh, but the the fact that I think uh, Lawrence showed Pruitt and the staff that he could be sort of a do it all uh, player in the secondary. He's got a lot of length, got, uh, great ball skills. I think like a 41 inch vertical, something yeah. crazy like that. So just a ridiculous athlete. And uh, and the fact that they're talking to him about playing corner just to get him on the field, just he's got a lot of players coming back at, at cornerback in the secondary. So that makes me think that's a guy that they think can come in and play right away. Um, and, and I thought I thought that was uh, interesting as well. Another, as we're running down our guys, sure. Um, uh, Tyler Barron's down to 248. He mm. played about 10 pounds heavier uh, when he finished up his season at Catholic. That is news. Uh, he had surgery uh, on his shoulder in January. He's been cleared. Uh from what I know, and unlike Lenith Whitehead, I think he had a little bit more access to uh, therapy, situ- yeah. you know, kind of recovery. Uh, and, and shoulders and you know feet are different, obviously. I think you know it sounds like labrum surgery is not as long term an injury as whatever Whitehead had. It's like every football player has it once um, or twice in their career. But but uh, yeah, and so um, that just shows you sort of the difference that you know the different situations that the players had to go through. Uh, Morvin Joseph and Tyler Barron are going to be the outside linebackers. Um, I actually got to talk to all three of the the Whitehaven kids. They were uh, they were great. They were excited to talk to me. <laughs> uh, talked to for to Bryce Neeson and Martavius French for about fifteen minutes. Nine oh one. Tamaria McDonald a little bit less, um, but uh, McDonald, who you know, another guy that's positionally versatile. He said he's going to start off as a safety. Uh, said he's at two seventeen, but they told him that if he got a little bit bigger, he'd be a linebacker. He's like, I'm fine with that. If you watch this film, he's pretty much lining up as an outside linebacker slot core anyway. So yeah. um, they, they might keep his role similar in a different way. I don't, uh, he and, he and D Beckwith on the other side are the two guys that are like, you can label him a position, but it's probably like 
they're kind of just an athlete and they'll probably get creative with them. Um, but yeah, you know, Easton, Easton's 265, 270 as an inside linebacker. He does not move like that. Love that dude. I love um, that kid, he, man. I love he brought up, uh, he was like, there's this old school linebacker. He used to play for the Steelers. And when we were talking, I didn't know who it was off the top of my head. He Kirk, didn't remember Kirkland? his name. Kirkland? Yeah, LeVon Kirkland. Um, and I kind of did some dig. I kind of Google searched and tried to educate myself on who he's talking about. And like uh, LeVon Kirkland was, what, 6'1". He was listed at 275. Things, you know, quick Google skim. Quick Google search will show you that a lot of people thought he was closer to 300. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. you look at, you know, he doesn't move like that. And actually, you know, uh, Mike Keith and Charles Davis, when on uh, Tennessee signing day coverage, uh, talked about him. That was the name that they dropped. And, uh, and you know, people were wondering, how can you play linebacker at 270? Well, if you watch him play, he moves like he's 240. Um, and so Easton told me, he was like, I don't know what I weigh. I haven't paid attention to a scale. Uh, Brian Niedermeyer in Tennessee told me that as long as I can move, they don't care. Uh, so I thought that was, uh, I thought that, that that was a pretty good conversation on, on his part, but I also avoid the scale. Like there's times when like, you're getting out of the shower and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I look a little bigger. I don't want to, uh, yeah, honey, we put that scale away. I don't really want to step on that accidentally right now. Yeah. And one final note on, on the Whitehaven trio, I, I should have asked him what, what the nickname is for themselves. I, that was my, that was my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, they, they did, like I said, I mentioned earlier, they, they did not, they did not have access to the gym at Whitehaven. So they had to get creative. So they found a hill, I think somewhere in downtown Memphis, and they would run it. There's some stairs next to it. They'd run the stairs. They would do those in waves. Uh, a friend, uh, a teammate of theirs at Whitehaven, I guess his dad found a sand pit or something. I don't know. Maybe he built it. I have no idea. I didn't really. I think Martavius's French's phone might have cut out right as he was explaining this to me. But, um, and they were just doing cone drills, ladder drills, stuff in the sand. You know, work on you know strengthen the the legs, strengthen the ankles, strengthen the, the knees, um, you know, do those drills like that. And, and, and French was like, I've had some 25 pound dumbbells. I'm doing shoulder presses and curls. I'm running in my yard, you know, she kind of shows you how some of these guys had to get creative and to sort of, uh, find ways. And, and you hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about that last season, that last season team, they didn't always play great, but they found a way to win. You see these guys coming in, uh, they're hungry, they want to be good. They want to help Tennessee take the next step. And they're finding ways, even with these unusual circumstances to make sure that they, uh, came in in as good a shape and as good as conditioning as they could be. You know, Pat, if you had made that point to me, not on this podcast, but uh, but but privately, I probably could have made a column out of that. That's a really good idea there. So, uh, well, I mean, I wrote them. In, I'm, you know, I'm I wrote just the stories. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you not read our website, Wes? I I've read half of them, probably. <laughs> you know, I get to all of them eventually. It's kind of read your stories anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, what are you gonna do, right? I mean, definitely know. don't read Ryan's stories. Yeah, we would do that. I mean, come on, it was a, like you I, should read Ryan. All you, you the listener should listen. Should yeah, read Ryan's no, stories. everyone, every someone. I want to be clear about this. At least one other writer on our site reads everything or reads something that somebody else wrote. Like we're we're not just throwing stuff out there to see if it sticks. Like we're we're having people look at it and everything. We're not. Um, but but in all seriousness, uh, Pat, that is an excellent excellent point. Uh, that you made there about that because you, you this is a this is a year um, in every way possible that's outside the box uh, people whether it's in the real world or football athletic related whatever it is we've been tested in a lot of ways as society and we are trying to find ways to get through it and these kids if they are taking that situation because if I when I was that age I'll be honest with you I don't know how disciplined I would have been with all of that. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go play baseball in college because I, I just like I, I I don't know about this structure anymore and all these six a.m. every day workouts and everything and and that's a lifestyle, man. That's something that you got to want this. And at that age, if I like, oh, I've already signed my scholarship, they're gonna kick my butt when I get there anyway. I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna kick back for a little bit. It's a quarantine. What do you want me to do? Uh, but these kids, by all accounts, uh, have mostly been out there doing what they need to do, what they can do. And I think in this year especially, people like that will be rewarded. We will see. We will see this season, uh, and especially, I guess, preseason camp will start seeing it, but we will see who took this seriously and who didn't because you will be able to see. I mean, Tony Vitello, Tennessee's baseball coach, said the same thing. I'll be able to tell who did what they were supposed to do and who didn't when they show up. So I think that's that's an important thing. Uh, Pat, is there anything else that, that we didn't mention with the uh, – I think you mentioned for the most part the most important things that are going to be different now. They're going to have – they're going to be checked in. Uh, they're going to be scanned kind of, you know, do you have a fever? Do you have any symptoms? Uh, anytime anybody tests, as Bama had the five guys test, they're going to have to contract trace anyone who does get positive. And it's not necessarily for – their health, although it is, it's it's also more about just containing the spread to, to hurt, so it doesn't hurt more vulnerable people like their parents, grandparents, teachers, etc. cetera. Uh, Tennessee, as an institution, has not come out and said exactly how it's going to handle the fall. The, 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 there's different things out there. They're in play. Georgia football came out and said they want to play the season as scheduled with, uh, as now, no restrictions on fans. Uh, Tennessee has not made that announcement yet. Uh, and I think it's hard for the SEC because Vanderbilt hasn't even decided what it's going to do. You know, if, will it have classes in person? At least that's unless it's happened in the past day or so and I've missed it. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. And, um, you know, if we can get anything close to a regular football season, let's take the wins and losses out of it. If we get anything close to a regular football season after the past four months or five months and then what these next couple months are going to be, man, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? It would be a nice slide at the end of the tunnel. And I know there are a lot of people back in March and April that were uncertain or doom and gloom about it. And at that point it was like, it's still several months out. Let's not, you know, let's not make any decisions at this point um, about what might happen in five months. We just don't know. There's, you know, the situation was still developing uh, and all that, but uh, Tennessee has said that they're going to start on August 17th. They're going to go to class on labor day. They're pretty much going to, squeeze a semester into between august 17th and thanksgiving and we'll finish the semester after thanksgiving online with exams which is a great idea um, uh but because they're trying to limit the movement of people going away from campus coming back to campus which people will still do but you you know uh, normally if you have a fall break people will go vacation they might go home what have you anyways um and, and it's not going to be um you know a typical fall because as mentioned dorm will have restrictions on how many people are in there classes will be sort of a hybrid mix there'll be at least some classes that meet in person and only meet in person there'll be some classes that are still online online only there'll be some classes that are a little bit of both um it, it'll be an adjustment i think for everybody tennessee will will have i think an area where if, when and if and inevitably they will have students that test positive they can isolate them without disconnecting them from campus so they can still keep up with their academics and things like that um and and from a football standpoint i think what happens on campus is important to follow because I think those two are obviously interconnected. Um, from a football standpoint, I, I think a lot of people have accepted that there's going to be football of some kind. And now the bigger question is how many fans are they going to have? We've seen stuff about stadiums. Uh, will there be social distancing in stadiums? Will there be stadiums at 50% capacity, 30%, 40%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%
full stadiums. I think Tennessee has not made, uh, as you mentioned, Wes, any sort of decisions on that. And I think that they've probably discussed who knows how many scenarios, who knows how many possibilities of what that could be. And, and that may be something that they decide second, third, middle of August, you know, that, that, you know, that, that could be around that time. And, and that obviously, I know a lot of fans are concerned about that. A lot of fans have, have purchased season tickets. Um, they purchased tickets to road games. There's still just a lot of uncertainty about what it's going to look like. But uh, as Phil Fulmer said last week, it certainly seems like uh, everything is, is trending a lot more positively about a football season looking somewhat normal than it was even a month ago, which I think is welcome news, I think, for everybody. I think that is a really happy note to end it on. Pat, I think you I, agree. Just, I think you just summed it up pretty well. I think that we're going to go ahead and, yep, we're going to play that music. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also find all of us on social media. Uh, if you just want uh, Tennessee news, nothing else, just Falls news, you can go to twitter.com slash govals247 and get that. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247. we got a ton of people uh, who follow a lot of the stuff we do on Facebook. Ramey does an awesome job with that. So go check that out as well. Or if you want that uh, delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, just right from the tap, right from the source, go to GoBoss247.com. We have been pumping out an insane amount of content content throughout this entire process. And it's everybody on the the staff's done a great job. Uh, It's been an interesting offseason, to put it mildly. Um, But we have brought a dozen content items or so every single day, fresh stuff right there on the site. Uh, so go to GoVols247.com and check that out. If you do, you won't be disappointed. I'll say this one more time, guys. Uh, please, please, please go in if you get a chance and rate this podcast. Go rate and review it. That helps us spread the message to other people, uh, and that is a good way that we can grow this thing. We're happy to do it free of charge, but we, we just ask that you go and do that. Uh, and there will be a the MLB draft is this week, too, I should say that, and uh, we'll have some information on that later in the week as a couple of Tennessee guys are probably uh, going to go in the first few rounds of that draft, Crochet probably in the first round, and then Solari uh, at some point. So uh, we'll have all that and more throughout the week, and um, I think that 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 might be about it. Pat, you got anything else? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.